Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Doe. And I have another fellow Canadian, which I just found out that she is originally from Prince George, but she now lives full time in the United States. And I am super excited to welcome <laughs> Angela Nay to the podcast. We have been working a couple weeks, maybe more in a couple weeks, to get together to do this podcast. And I am super, super excited to have her here. So, but before we bring her out, I've got a little introduction written up here and I'm sure you've heard of it, heard her all her spiel before, but I am excited because we have a lot of things that cross paths here. Um, and uh, I'm just, uh, like I said, I'm excited because I've actually been interviewing a lot of guys lately and I'm like, I need more women. I used to balance everything out with with women and uh, it's kind of fallen off. So Angela, I'm glad you're here. So Angela, known in the triathlon world for her prowess on the bike, is currently among one of the top triathletes in the world. Angela is a multiple 7.3 and Ironman champion, 36 times 3.0 podium finisher, multiple Ironman champion, and professional gravel and mountain biker. And I prefer professional in front of mountain biker or gravel, but uh, <laughs> that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> Up and coming, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, this is certainly like one of those things that takes a lot of time to build. But with a master's degree in physical therapy and a bachelor's in health science, Angela worked as a pediatric and orthopedic physiotherapist for seven years. She then competed in her first triathlon to stay fit. I want to talk about that too, how you just, you know, go from being fit to a, you know, a full-time athlete and shortly thereafter made the jump into full-time racing. Angela is currently racing among the top gravel riders in the Lifetime Grand Prix and other prestigious off-road events. Angela continues to pursue a career in these distances and women in sport and we might meet each other if you're going to Unbound. Oh my gosh, yes, I will be there. Are you doing I I'm going to be there too. I did something crazy. I'm doing Excel. So I'm going to need. Oh all my your... gosh. I have a friend that's doing the Excel. You guys are nuts. <laughs> I don't tell you. It was one of those things where I, I thought I was signing up for the 100 and got into it. Anyways, oh. long story, but I've embraced it. It's been a couple months now. Well, I'm impressed. I mean, that, that takes a special person. <laughs> Tree planter, right? Yeah. So uh, we, 
So giving back, Angela created a women's triathlon cycling community in 2017 called I Race Like a Girl. And I was just saying that one of my girlfriends is part of her community there. So that's for women's endurance and her gravel team, Girls Get Gritty, which I was looking at your membership, <laughs> I think I might just join, which is growing in numbers. So race like a girls for her triathlons, uh, triathlon ladies and support there. Uh, and she also has a podcast. So it's like, this girl is near and dear to my heart because we both have women in sport in like close to our hearts and Angela, mm -hmm. welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, that was a very big intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just found out that Angela is from Prince George and I just finished telling her that I tree planted there for two seasons. Mm -hmm. um, and I always say, if you can tree plant and survive the summer, then you can do anything. And if anybody's mm -hmm. ever tree planted, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So Angela, uh, the first question I always ask is, how did you get into cycling? So I guess that goes back to the first triathlon. And yeah. how did it lead you to decide to do this full time and then into building communities? And then we'll finish up with gravel. Yeah, um, I'll make the story short. <laughs> oh, come on, you don't have to. I can get along. Well, you can ask questions <laughs> along the way. Um, I was a track athlete in uh, high school and college. I got a uh, scholarship. And I always rode my mountain bike to track practice. Mm. And I saw a triathlon bike in the store before I was going to college. I'm like, I want that bike. <laughs> there was just something that drew me to it. I had no idea what triathlon was at the time. I mean, living in Prince George, I don't even think there was a triathlon around at that time. Um, I went to college in Columbia, Missouri and uh, brought that bike down. I found out that you can't really ride that bike in groups <laughs> when you first start out. So I ended up... Uh, selling that bike and getting a road bike. Um, and I was on the track team. Unfortunately, I was always injured on the track team. It was, it was not a fun experience, um, for many reasons. Um, but I jumped into riding a bike during college and I met a bunch of guys and we just rode all the time. Mm. I still, I still remember doing my first hundred miler and, um, I, mean, I bonked and it was just terrible because <laughs> I, I, nothing about nutrition, you know, you just ride. Um, and then after college, well, actually in my third year, um, in college, I decided to go into a bike race in this, and I had no experience. I had no experience on anything. I ended up crashing, uh, cause I, uh, my front wheel hit someone's back wheel, which obviously you don't do. And I broke my hip and sacrum and pubic bone. And I was in a wheelchair oh. crutches uh, all this stuff. And, and this was just before physical therapy school. So it actually was a benefit in disguise. Cause I had to learn a lot. <laughs> prior That's to a serious crash. It was. Like, yeah. Yeah. It wow. took a while. Um, I had a cane, a, a nice, uh, fun cane during school. So I used that for a couple months as well. Um, so then I graduated and went back home to Prince George and I just, I wanted to be active still. And I, I learned about triathlon, but never saw one, never knew really what it was. I come from a lifeguarding background and swim instruction for kids. So I kind of just jumped back into the pool and started swimming and I was always running. Um, and so I jumped into an Olympic distance that was five hours away a year after I graduated college. I think I was like 25 at that time. And I ended up winning the event. So I fell in love with it. 
constantly. Yeah. Uh, and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try for the Olympics and all this stuff. And <laughs> little did I know how fast people swim and run. Um, so I ended up actually uh uh looking at riding bikes as well. So there was a few races down south in Vancouver, um, mm -hmm. and that kind of whole arena and my and I found a coach at the time who was really into it so I jumped into a few races um I ended up doing pretty well I would get third or fifth and you know I knew nothing I just kind of just grunted it out and um but my fiance at the time came down with me and he was like he was petrified for my life in these races because he did because coming from like a little tiny town in Prince George and like yeah no it was, it was chaos. And, uh, he's, ba he basically begged me, please don't, don't do this. I can't, I can't condone this. Like <laughs> I guess that's why he's the ex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was a great guy. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, then I decided to go into triathlon. Um, I took his, his, his advice and found a triathlon camp. Um, cause I mean, Prince George is filled with snow as you know until mm -hmm. may basically. <laughs> yeah um so i found a camp in california and i went to that camp and there was a hundred miler at the start of the race um and at the start of camp it wasn't really part of camp but it was just like a fondo so since i got there early i ended up doing that and long story short the last 10 miles of the fondo had me and the main coach of this camp by ourselves we started with like 30 guys and I was the only one that kind of held on and it started because he was looking at me prior to camp saying, Oh, maybe you should wait and, and do the 50 miler. Like he was totally like putting me down right away. Just, uh. <laughs> just because I was a woman and I was like, screw this guy. I'm going to prove him wrong. <laughs> so, um, I did. <laughs> and at that camp, he kind of watched me swim and run and he pulled me aside and he said, can I, can I grab you lunch? I have some, some stuff that I can help you with. So we went and sat down and he said, you know, I think you can go pro at this. And it just like kind of blew me away. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but you need to go longer distance. Cause at that time I did maybe a couple sprints Olympics. Mm -hmm. He said, but you should really go long. So I ended up going back to Canada and to get your pro card in triathlon, you have to race, or you did back then a certain time. So I jumped into my first half Ironman. It was in just outside of Calgary, Alberta. And, um, it was the Sylvan Lake try, um, half, half Ironman. And I jumped into it and I ended up winning it and getting my time. And so I got my, <laughs> just like that. I it was pretty it. quick. <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, the, the general trend of, um, I jumped right into it. I was still working full time as a physical therapist at this time. Um, and I ended up quitting that job with the fiance that I was with um, to see if I could just put more time into being a professional. But I ended up going to California. We broke up. I basically uh, left everything and just tried to live meager and mm. be this pro. And it was extremely hard. I lived in places my mom has no idea. And <laughs> to this day. Um, oh, I, mean, yeah. I basically had $2,000 in my pocket and tried to see if I could make money. Um, wow. so, every race so you had to like yeah. win races. Yeah. Or at least get top five. And back then there was a lot of races. Um, 
I think one year I, I raced half Ironmans every two weeks to make money. Like I just went from <gasps> to race to race and I started getting these. Um, so back then Ironman would provide homestays. So you would get connected with a family that would host a pro and without right. them, I would seriously have not been able to do what I did because it's so expensive with hotels and everything else. I mean, I had was that in the States, yes. Angela, or is it? Yeah, it was is all yeah. Is that, but it's not the same in Canada or is it this, they don't do it anymore. Um, but they okay. used to, so for every Ironman, they always had homestays and stuff that were connected with. Um, okay. Oh, wow. That's good to know, but oh my God. Yeah, it was, it, it was actually so rewarding because I met so many people and every single homestay I had, they brought me in as family and it was just, I would go back to them year after year to the races and I would create all these friendships and um, all my family's back in Canada. So I was making family all over the country mm -hmm. and friends and it was fantastic. Um, so then probably like four or five years ago, I, um, I moved away. Well, I was in a different relationship. <laughs> <laughs> We we tended to That's okay that happens right oh no I have learned so much it was not the right one um <laughs> you live and learn when you're you're on your own uh mm -hmm. so I I was really lonely quite honestly and yeah. I was trying to like pick up the pieces I had a foot injury um so I was really just trying to figure out why I'm doing what I'm doing and I looked back at all my homestays I had and the friendships I made and I said I want to help and help people get to the start line and especially yeah. women, like every time I'd go to a homestay, I would hear the moms, you know, saying, oh, I wish I could do that. And just like things that they thought they, that they thought were not possible. So I just put some, some, some ideas on paper. I created a website. I, uh, reached out to some of my sponsors that I had at the time and they all loved it and just kind of launched it to see what would happen. And it's been growing, uh, pretty solidly. Um, we, I think this is the seventh year for I race like a girl. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. And cool. I have some of my best friends on the team. I, I did a camp every year down in Florida and we, I meet so many people on the team. Um, so it's been really fun and yeah. I'd like to ask you about that because it's, it's funny you say that like, um, being lonely. Cause like I was telling, I was mentioning that I have a woman's cycling club. It's been 14 years. And one of the things that I find so challenging having a club and being like the club leader and main, like the, you know, like the person mm -hmm. is that it's really hard to make solid friendships. Mm -hmm. um, I find out of it's rewarding getting so many women, like I've coached over a thousand women through my club. Oh. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's so amazing see them advance and get faster and better and um, do great things like really cool things like fondos and tours mm -hmm. and but at the end of the day, it's so hard like nailing down like a friendship because mm -hmm. where you think one's a friend, something happens in the club mm -hmm. and they're no longer your friend. And that's one thing that, and maybe it's the structure because I've, I've personally been looking at different structures of clubs, like, or groups. I don't what's know if you're sure you have now, like what's the, well, it's all very local, oh, right? Okay. 
and I really like the international aspect of like having a club, but having being able to help women all over mm -hmm. um, where I mean, locally is great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we provide a lot of things in our club um, skills night, you know, multiple group rides, um, uh, challenges, things like that. But uh, I just feel like there's so much more that I could be doing. And I love, like, you know, just going through your your page and looking at your structure. I'm just like, man, that's so cool because you could just impact so many women globally. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun because you really do get that global aspect. Uh, we have team members, you know, from the east to the west coast, and mm -hmm. I actually just um, just got back from a gravel camp that I posted, and there was about eighteen women there. Oh we all, wow! We all rented an Airbnb all over the country, came to uh, a weekend together. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was it was my first time doing it as an Airbnb. And I was a little hesitant because obviously mm -hmm. when you get a lot of women from different areas, you don't really know the personalities, um, but we all had this love for gravel. And so it really actually was amazing. I, it was, where did awesome. you go? Was we it close went, to you? Uh, no, we went to North Carolina. There was um, oh, an option for a race for gravel, uh, the Crow 10 buck 50. So you could do 50, hundred milers or one fifty. So we had people do all different distances. Some were brand new at um, gravel. Some just came from triathlon. Some are very like do gravel all the time. So we had a really diverse group and, and also an age. We, we had two women over 60 there and they were fantastic. We had oh, yeah. really young guns, like 28, I think was what was the youngest gal. And so I, I mean, just all got along and had fun and yeah, it was, it was such a great weekend. So how big is your membership? Like, cause you have both, I race like a girl and your yeah. girls get gritty. They're yeah. two different things. Yeah. So just a quick story back in during COVID, I, there wasn't a lot of triathlons or racing. So I got a gravel mm -hmm. bike and I started riding gravel and <laughs> yeah. yeah, first time on the Me bike, I pulled over and pulled out my phone to make an Instagram post saying, I feel like a kid again. Like it was fantastic. So I started riding that a lot and, uh, my bike sponsor had an opportunity for me to get, um, to go into the unbound race. And so I did that in 2021 and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> it was my first, <sighs> um, but I fell in love with it. I got sixth overall and the mud and the muck and the experience was just overwhelmingly fun. Fun. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So, and at that race, I just saw the lack of women on the start line. And I was like, we can change this because mm -hmm. you know, the fact that I could get on the start line with all these men and, you know, there were obviously women there, but just not a lot. And I was, I was like, I want to impact this. I want to be a part of this community that's growing. So that's what launched Girls Get Gritty. So it's under the umbrella of I Race Like a Girl is the main yeah. entity, but Girls Get Gritty is really based on gravel and mountain biking. Mm -hmm. Um, our membership ranges each year from anywhere from 300 to 400 women together. 
Um, some women are on both teams, some are on one. I always try to entice them both because I love to get triathletes on, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> them into gravel just cause that's, that's kind of my love. Now too. I know I can't, yeah. you know what I felt, I started mountain biking. Then mm -hmm. I went into road be, I was doing riding road to train for mountain biking. So this is back like 20 years ago and I was adventure racing. That's where my mountain biking came in. And then I did one, two triathlons to my name. And I was just like, no, no, yeah, like, oh, no, they're so boring. Sorry. No, no, I just did a, a short try, like, oh. um, like a sprint. Yeah. And I, I did found two. that boring. I know. I was just like, this is <laughs> like, no, nah, I can't like, I don't like swimming. So there was a notch and then if, uh, running on pavement, I'm more of a trail runner. So I'm just like, I'm just glad I tried it, but it's just not for me. And then I went switched right into multi-sport adventure racing, like mountain biking, paddling, hiking, orienteering, like all this stuff. And, uh, and then, um, then I got into road racing for about eight years. I created my own women's team. I'm like, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to pull in some friends and do this with me. So I'm like, hey, you want to do this racing thing? Like, I don't know. Like, let's just do this together. We got a coach. And and um, and then just like two years ago, I like a lot of the girls in the club are like getting gravel bikes and they're talking about gravel. And I'm like, oh, my God, whatever. And then, <laughs> Then I was able to get like a used gravel bike and I went to my first event and I was like, this is because I loved mountain biking and I just hung up my mountain bike for like 15 years and and it was such a great in between two sports that I really liked road and mountain and um, and then yeah now I'm like pushing gravel like. <laughs> I'm not pushing gravel, like, like getting more into it. And uh, it is building, like you said. Yeah, so I, um, I just found that the community is so inclusive and it's a very different vibe than triathlon. And it is yeah. growing like crazy all over. I mean, so many people are jumping into it and it's, it's a challenge for me, especially the mass starts. It's, it's pretty tough. So <laughs> I like the new challenge and, um, I hate it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think like I've, I've gotten into like, uh, let the fast ones go. And because it, I mean, those mass starts, even with road cycling is just like, you've got to be careful who's in front of you and you just don't know. Cause people are sketchy. Like, yes. and you don't want to take you down and you just start like at the beginning of the race of all things. Um, but I get you. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> kind of like I'm like I'm like on this sideline person. I'm like mm -hmm. around the sides. <laughs> like I'll go work though, because then you just get pushed back and back and back and you get pushed into the ditch or it's yeah. It's, it's a constant struggle, but also it's a really good challenge because it, it is fear-based and you don't really mm -hmm. know what's gonna happen and you have to be extremely alert. And then yeah. you have to go as hard as you can. <laughs> So putting all that together is, um, it's been a work in progress for sure. Yeah. I do always recommend that you start the first, the first quarter of the race, like up at the front, like the first yeah. quarter, I was like, just get there because if you're going to drop back, at least you're not at the back mm -hmm. by yourself. 
you'll have plenty of people to come up and ride with you or you drop back and ride with them but it gives you a shoe into getting ahead of like a lot of the other people and yeah. uh and some of my girls are i'm like come on we're going to the front they're like eyeballs are big like <laughs> way of like trust me you don't want to be at the back because you'll never get it any any further forward you will be at the yeah. back the and whole i think race. i think the issue is everyone thinks this way so everyone's going <laughs> bad out of hell thinking mm-hmm. just get to the front get to the front or stay with the lead pack as long as possible it's going to be that much easier um yeah <laughs> so tell me about like your the girls got gritty like you just started girls that get gritty. get gritty get gritty yeah mm-hmm. yeah you just I, I kinda did, yeah i did the same thing i did with iris sick a girl put some ideas on paper and launched it um we had i think the first year 75 members uh it was really awesome to see because as soon as i did unbound i was like i i just started yeah some ideas in my head and i just I was like, I, I really would love to meet more people doing this and help inspire others to to actually jump on board. So, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. Really, really fun. So these, this is like, you can be anywhere. Yes. That's so, a nice thing. You just sort yeah. of, yeah, we have a number of Canadians on the team, which is really cool. We have a gal in Alaska, which is always fun to kind of see what she's doing. Um, all over the U S we have a few internationals actually. Uh, so we host zoom calls for happy hours. Um, I do a lot of Q and a for a coaching, uh, for both triathlon and gravel. I host a couple camps. Uh, I'll be doing another one just before unbound actually the week before to bring people just to see Emporia and to maybe ride a, a little bit of the trails no and way. roads. Yeah. I'll so be there Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be there the week before. Um, so we'll definitely have to connect and then, yeah. um, yeah. And then I do a, a few camps in, uh, Florida. My goal is to do more and more camps, camps that I can align with my own racing as well. So the unbound mm-hmm. camp works really, really well. Cause I would like to get there earlier and you kind of tapering into, into the race anyways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just every camp I do, I get to really meet all the people on the team that come mm-hmm. and just build this bond and, it's really fun. And, um, sometimes after those camps, that's where you really find really solid friendships. And I've noticed on the team that some members try to find races now together so that they can have like a weekend getaway and have fun racing their bikes or doing a triathlon. And I mean, it just, that's what I wanted. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. Oh my God. Doesn't give you the like a fuzzy feeling when you see like those connections being made and you've got your own going on. Yeah. I and love I think, it. I think the biggest thing is like just seeing the the change in a person within mm-hmm. three days. We had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of introvert, um, introverts, introverts come yeah. to our camp and they were really quite fearful of, you know, sharing an Airbnb with 18 other women and, <laughs> By the end of camp, we had this kind of powwow, you know, give us your highs and lows. And, and all of them said, I am so glad I came to this. I now, mm. like, it just pushed them out of their box just enough. And then there was so much support and fun that it just, it just, 
it was awesome. I mean, it was truly awesome to be a part of and to see. And then so many, uh, so many of them, you know, did challenges that they never thought possible. We had people doing their first hundred miler. I mean, that's massive for some, and mm-hmm. they came back to, from that race and, you know, we're all eating pizza and drinking wine and they come with like mud all over their faces, just plastered, plastered with the biggest smile. And they're like, that was so fun. And meanwhile, like, <laughs> I mean, they had a day, they were out there for a long time and it's just, it's, it's very awesome to see and be part of. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I went for my, my second gravel race. I drove down to Hastings and I did um, Barry Roubaix Mm. and uh, I just like, well, remember, I don't know if you remember, well, you remember, well, the United States was different last year, but last year, this time in Canada, everything was still close. Like you didn't know if, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get across the States. So I was like, I don't care. I'm going to go to this event. And, um, and I met a bunch. So I organized where I met a bunch of girls from a gravel page and uh, we hung out and it was really cool. And I said, next time I'm going to bring more women. So this time I've got three other girls coming with me. And it's, um, it's turned into a road trip and I'm just going to keep bringing more women like to these, really cool events mm-hmm. um even though canada has some but not quite like the states would you agree yeah definitely growing down here i mean i haven't i mean i haven't been to canada for quite some time <laughs> <laughs> i went and raced there last year um i did an iron man in mont tremblant uh, oh I, gosh that's very close to me yeah but i haven't really yeah. been spending a lot of time in canada um it's just it's just the nature of what it is right now <laughs> yeah well, I know a lot of things it's, happening down it's there. It's hard. It's hard because there's just so many races and my, tr- my schedule throughout the year has a lot of travel. So I actually try to entice my family to meet me in Maui because <laughs> that's always, um, one of their favorites. So last winter, <laughs> last December, um, my mom and I went on a, on a girl daughter trip. So that was, I mean, a mother daughter trip. So that, mm-hmm. that was really fun to do that. And my sister goes there often with her family. And so I get to see her there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So when did you decide to, uh, okay, let me see. So you are working with a man, uh, Amy Woods. Yeah. Amy Woods. Mm-hmm. When did that, uh, partnership start? So like she, coaching? Yeah. She reached out to me, um, to do a talk for her local Cape Cod community for okay. travel. So I did that. That was kind of during COVID. Um, and then we kind of hit it off and she asked me to go for a walk. And so I met her halfway. I, I lived about an hour 45 from her. So we met in the middle and we just hit it off and we're now like literally best friends. Like, like I live next door to her cause I'm renting out her cottage. Um, <laughs> fantastic. We're just like two peas in a pod, but we're very different too. Um, so we became friends really, really quickly. And, uh, We, um, I went through some stuff and decided to move down here with her help. She said, you know, you can stay in the cottage, rent it out. So I did that and I've been here for over a year and absolutely love it. Um, and last summer she does a lot of, she was coaching with another coach, just a few, few athletes. And 
Um, I wasn't sure if she was leaving or anything, but we just started talking and we just did so much together that it just made sense for us to align. I mean, she has mm-hmm. her entire fitness program. It's Amy Woods fitness and she does spin classes and she has so much strength. It was just a really good alignment. And her husband actually enticed us to start a podcast. And that was last year. We started last January and it's been going really, really strong and super fun. Um, and then probably about I can't remember, maybe August or July. Um, I brought her on board as a coach. And so now we coach together and it's, uh, it's been super fun. Yeah. So, oh my God. So how many do you take on all types of clients or you just focus on, cause I saw that you had like your, your types, like not types, but uh, I guess focus, like you got triathlon road, gravel. And is that, is it just like sport? um, I take, I take any and all athletes. If they're just pure runners or pure riders, or, you know, uh, I actually have someone who just races in Zwift (laughs) quite honestly. Uh, Oh, well that is a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a really diverse crew of athletes (laughs) um, from Ironman to just doing sprint races. I, I shouldn't say just, but because they are extremely hard. Um, but the whole gamut of triathlon, I have a number of, of athletes now that just do gravel. I have some that do marathons. So it's a huge mix, um, men and women. And yeah, I, I mean, I've personally been coaching for almost 10 years. I've become more and more focused on it a little bit more because it, yeah. it is it is my stream of income, quite honestly. Uh, that helps me do what I do. Um, and I love it. I mean, I truly love it. And it's really fun to kind of be a part of someone's process and journey, uh, toward their races and, um, go through the ups and downs and, and just be a part of it. So, uh, that's exciting. Cause I've always toyed with coaching myself, like making it as an income stream, but I don't know, it's, it's hard to, I think, make that leap. Oh, it's not. Uh, No. Yeah, really? (laughs) You just have, I mean, I think if you start with some few, um, local friends or just kind of help, I mean, when I first started, I, I, that's the way I did it. I gave out free coaching for a while and word of mouth just kind of goes, goes through. And I ended up starting to charge a few people that I didn't know and kind of just progressed from there. So, yeah, I do have an online. (laughs) It also comes with experience and like, education and, and, and mm-hmm. whole gamut, you know, and the more and more that I learned and just, you know, coming from a health sciences background and physical therapy, I knew quite a bit already in terms of exercise science and physiology. So it just made sense. Um, quite honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I have a pretty cool group right now for winter training on Swift. Well, yeah. it's not on Swift. We use Swift as part of and zoom because we they're like Toronto and into the States and here. So it's been pretty cool. I've learned a lot um, just putting together the program. Like I find that it just kind of deviates a little bit all the time. Like, oh my God, that is a cool, I should keep doing that. You know, like, you know, you just keep adding things to it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I can continue doing this. Um, but tell me about this year and grand and lifetime grand prix are you doing all of the events that are on the the calendar i think there's like Uh, eight yeah there's there's 
seven events. Um, so yeah. to be part of the standings, you have to do five. Um, and I, I, I am a, I am an Ironman lover at heart. I love Ironman. I love the challenge. And so I am not doing sea otter mountain bike. Uh, last year I actually crashed. <laughs> no, oh no. Not. I'm okay. Not doing that one. Um, so I am doing Ironman Texas and then it'll be full on gravel for quite some time. I will be doing unbound, um, crusher in the twisher, uh, Leadville. Uh, that's a, that's a, really I want to do that one. Uh, it's super fun. Super my fun. I think my soul is up there. I did it for the first time last year and it was soul crushing, but also very inspiring <laughs> because you're climbing up Columbine and you see these riders and they're turning to like little ants and you're, it just becomes like, oh my God, I have to, I have to ride my bike up there. And it's not, it's technical at that point and you can't breathe. And I mean, it was, <gasps> you have riders basically flying down like the male pros and some of the top male, uh, females that were ahead they literally just bombed down this hill and you're trying to climb up and the loose crowd I mean it was nuts it was completely overwhelming at first you um, go up and down on the same track yeah pretty much <gasps> oh yeah, it's, mm. it's very sketch at, at parts of it and uh but this year oh I'm going to do the stage race that is the race broken up into three stages and so that's going to be more of like experimental and try to learn the course a bit more and right. then I'm staying up in Leadville area for two more weeks so that I can get more accl acclimatized because you're at 10,000 feet yeah uh, so then uh my partner Castelli is, uh invited me to come do steamboat and Finland gravel which is really cool that's mm. not part of the Grand Prix um <laughs> and I'll do big sugar gravel um what what are the other ones there's one more um gravel race oh the rad dirt uh in uh trinidad in colorado so oh. i'll do those and then i'll do ironman lake placid uh and hopefully uh bank my ticket to kona to do that um or a late season ironman so that's kind of i have i have a full docket of races and when do you when does your downtime <laughs> uh december i mean uh <laughs> december uh last year I switched coaches. Actually, I was pretty burnt out. I went to Ironman Arizona and I didn't finish. Actually, I DNF'd halfway through the run. I just, my, I, my body was done and, oh, wow. um, it was okay though. I was okay with it. It, it you know, sometimes you just got to see what you got. And I pushed through quite a bit. And that's when I went to Maui with my mom, we went there for two weeks and I literally sat on the beach and drank wine. <laughs> I mean, I've literally <laughs> done nothing. And it was really nice. So it was about three weeks in total that I, I really just did nothing and mm -hmm. I really needed it. Um, mm -hmm. so I switched coaches and my new coach is very interesting. Uh, we do a lot of polarized, um, approach to training, which is very different to me. So we actually had this huge thing over the weekend because I'm so used to just grinding it for long periods of time. And you're like, okay, yeah, getting so, older. But, so I kind of did my own mini test, I guess, over the weekend to see where, where I used to like train and stuff. And, and it's good. Um, but it was so funny because we definitely were very frustrated with each other, but now I'm, I'm trying to continue to drink his Kool-Aid. So, <laughs> so how do you I mean, when you're with a coach for 10 years and then you switch over to something new, Right. Um, at my age, like it's, it, it's hard, but that's why I switched. I wanted to see what else I can, I can learn and also see what type of athlete I can be. He comes from a professional mountain bike racing 
and it's extremely different than triathlon, but he does a lot Mm -hmm. of triathlon coaching. So it's a really good mix for me. Um, and it's challenging and, uh, mentally challenging too, because it's, it's, it's like, but I've never done this, you know, I don't think this is going to work. And Oh, uh, it's like that pull, like like a push and pull kind of thing. It's blind blind faith. I mean, I I'm pretty good at just doing what's what I'm told. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm getting close to my races. And so you kind of revert back to what you used to do and, and you had success with and question things and, so, but it's good. It's good. We, we had a good heart to heart. We're back on progress. So that's good. <laughs> like give you one of those. Uh, and oh, what my coach once said to me, cause I asked if I could do something. He goes, do you think that number one is doing that? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, probably not. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I was just like, holy okay yeah probably yeah. not she's not doing that nope <laughs> wow so so what are your expectations for this year you got some goals like since you're um, doing mm-hmm. the lifetime and it's all points based mm-hmm. you must um i i have a different mentality about racing i think than many i don't i mean how can you put a goal i mean obviously i would i want to it would be fantastic to make money in the lifetime grand prix and be in the top 10. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the ultimate goal for anyone, uh, for racing, but I never put expectations on myself, um, or mm-hmm. outcomes because I just don't know, like how, like how, yeah. like you just don't know what the future holds. And so I go into the racing really, uh, embracing, I don't know what's going to happen and let's just see what I got. I mean, and it's the most green feeling in the world is just get on that start line and you know you did the work that you could do and yeah you you play hard and see what happens so yeah. I don't have expectations I I I want to execute on what I think I can do um and that's that's the ultimate goal so challenge myself yeah. along the way <laughs> yeah race smart Yes, stay smart. <laughs> rubber yes. side Especially down the gravel races i mean i just did croton 150 and it was eight and a half hours total and i mean the start of the race you learn a lot it was raining i had the wrong sunglasses on i had to take them off i'd get mud in my face and so i would back off i wasn't very secure in the groups with all the potholes and i just i i lost a lot of the time right there um so you learn these little things and it's experience and practice and um, right. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah. it's really a big challenge, but what was super inspiring is, is here I am with the same fears, you know, racing at kind of at the front end, you know, I got third, um, overall, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with people that have never done a race in gravel and they're freaking bombing down these, <laughs> these puddles. <laughs> I'm just so proud of them. I'm just like, this is amazing. Like I'm learning more from them than they are from me because they're showing me, they're just like, they have no, um, I mean, everyone has fear about it, but like, they just, it was just awesome because they're like, I'm going to do this, you know? And then after we went through some, some free rides and stuff, they were just in, they, they were just like all in, you know, and that just fired me up. It was, it was pretty cool to see. Oh God. So you're doing the 200 at Mm -hmm. unbound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where all the pros are. Yes, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I just did. Um, I just I was because I was wondering, I'm like, how many women are in XL? And so the only re the only way 
that I could figure out is they had that scrolling registration on everybody that got in. And so okay. I was sitting there literally like counting those <laughs> scroll. So it's 39 women out of 229. That's actually men. not bad. I thought, I thought yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, the XL is 350 miles. And I know. So I'm like, oh, I just feel like my odds got a little better. Maybe. <laughs> I think, I think I might be the oldest. Really, I want to find out how old all these people are. I mean, it's really just about attrition and being smart and staying away. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I remember last year doing doing the race and seeing people on the side of the road that I thought crashed, but they were the they were the XLs taking a little mini nap in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I plan on napping for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to, quite honestly. I had a friend do it. Um, uh, well, he works for my bike company that I'm with and he did it twice. And it's so funny. We saw him before he's, he, and he was like, Oh, kind of like low key about it and stuff. So he did this, he did the race. We came back, we saw him at IHOP and it was, <laughs> there was a, oh my God, dazed like you wouldn't believe. And he, he what? He was just dazed, like completely done. And he ordered a no joke. He ordered at least 12 full serving plates of meals. And it was literally all over the table. It was just so awesome because he just would eat everything in sight. And his mind was just like, he was just dead <laughs> just trying to eat. And uh, it was, it was super fun to watch, but man, I'm excited I, to know there's an IHOP in Emporia. This is there is There is. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, I always have pancakes before breakfast. And so, I mean, before the race, like the, the day before the race. Yeah. So I always go to IHOP or somewhere similar. Like, yeah. That. Yeah. Last time I went to one of those, I was in Daytona. Wow. On a March break. Anyways, mm -hmm. three in the morning. Um, but uh, <laughs> those were other stories. But I've been so excited. So, where can everybody find you, Angela? Otherwise, um, like, we're yeah. going to find each other yeah. at yeah, Unbound. This is so excited. Yeah, we'll definitely, well, well, maybe you can have pancakes with me before you start your race. That'd be fun. I love that. It'll yeah. be part of my, uh, my calorie intake before oh gosh, uh, so getting many. started. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can go to iracecickagirl.com, uh, Angela Nath, N-A-E-T-H.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, just my okay. How do you manage all the uh, uh, platforms? um i have angela what's your oh i have one okay. social media for i race like a girl and girls get gritty uh i coach her as a thing uh otherwise mm -hmm. i i do it i i quite do it it's what i it's do a lot it's what you do i know right and you know it's what a lot i, I think you know it's funny i have a lot of people say you do so much and you do this and but it's it's if you have the passion behind something yeah uh, it's not, I don't see it as anything that is hindering me. It's, it's empowering me to keep going because if I didn't have these teams, if I didn't have the, the roles that I play with my athletes and coaching, I, I, I think I would dwindle away in terms of my passion for the sport, because I, I really do get inspired by the people I'm around. Um, and part of that's community. I mean, it's all community. So, um, yeah. being able to do all that is, is really a driving force for me, actually. I love it that I love what you're doing because I love that you're in charge 
of, you know, your community, you know, well, it, you know, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I mean, okay. I definitely created something, yes. but I, I really want to bring the community. Well, maybe not in charge, but like, maybe that's a just, bad word. Just kind of being but... there to help inspire and, and build. Yeah. Something. Like I, I, I have a quite a creative mind. Like stuff, like sometimes I sit on my computer and I, I, things just come up and I just start creating stuff. I'm like, Oh, let's do a camp here. Or let's do this. And I just start thinking, and that's just how my, how my mind works. And you know, it's mm -hmm. like, let's see what happens. It, you know, it's the same as racing. I don't have a plan. I don't have, okay. In five years, it's going to look like this because things mm -hmm. have to change. I mean, look at COVID, yeah. like we have to change every month. Um, so I really like to ask a lot of my friends that are on the team, what they want, what they see. I, I love like any type of advice or thought process in terms of what people want to see on the team. We have a lot of members that do a variety of different things from yoga mm -hmm. to fitness instruction to um, psychology. And so I really try to encourage them to come on the platform and, 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 bring oh, their and I do like that. So I find it more, um, I'm just help helping bring people together. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't direct anybody. <laughs> I mean, I do make final decisions say on like clothing and stuff, but I still like, <laughs> go to Amy or I go to other advisors like okay well what do you think of this what do you think of that because because yeah, really yeah. I see it with one eye you know or mm -hmm. two eyes and I need probably a hundred of them <laughs> some ideas and plus I'm kind of an idea gal and I I tend to go overboard sometimes so I need to get honed in a little which is I very very helpful that. and the team is just amazing so yeah well, I love that uh, we've connected and I love hearing what you're doing because you're kind of inspiring me to, you know, maybe make a 360 of what I've been doing. Um, I can't say for sure, but like I do, like I used to do, you know, um, camps down mm -hmm. in, I did one in Virginia, one in New York, and they were so much fun. I mean, just going down. Uh, with friends and riding. Um, mm. And I've just lost touch with a lot of that stuff. You know, it, it, it takes a lot out of you. Like every camp I do, I, I need like two days alone. <laughs> because I'm just like, need to need to find myself again. But it is, it's just the reward you get from meeting all these people and, and mm -hmm. becoming closer to them is, is really empowering. Yeah. No, I love that. And you're very inspiring, I have to say. So thank you again. Thank you again for being yeah. on the podcast. And you I want to thank her. You at Unbound. Yes. Okay. I'm going to add you to the list of friends. Like I've, I've um, interviewed quite a few people that are actually going there. So I have a list of these people. Oh, I'm cool. like, I have to make sure I see the, all these people. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. add you to the list um, and make sure I'm going to be camping. So oh, I'm you gonna... are. Jeez. Wow. You're really rough in there. <laughs> You're doing the three. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to secure okay. a spot in the campground. And then oh, I think okay. Thursday night, I'm going to sleep in a hotel, like about an hour out of town. Uh, everything's um, booked up insanely. I know everything there, but there's spaces like in like an hour out of town and, you know, I'll just go and I'll mm -hmm. sleep out of town. Then I'll come back. I'll have a parking spot. My tent will be there. Oh, that's smart. Mm -hmm. My gear hopefully <laughs> but, you know, my time will be there. So I'll be able to park my car and just leave there and not, not pay for hotel while I'm biking for two nights, you know, yeah, exactly. like, yeah. like oh, I could save the 300 bucks us. 
So, so that's what I figure I'm going to be doing that. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. I'm probably just going to pass out Sunday <laughs> night and uh, then find a place that day. I don't know. But I have to be in Toronto by Thursday because I'm doing another event. <laughs> so yeah. talk about back to back because, okay. yeah. Yeah, I'm biking. I, I actually, yeah, go ahead. No, as I say, I'm, I'm biking to raise can- uh, funds for cancer research. So oh, cool. the... The actual charity event is the weekend after. I was just like, oh my God. I couldn't believe- I'm like, oh my God, they're like back to back. Eat, 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 and sleep. I mean, that's those are the two recovery tools that you can go for. <laughs> I know, and just drive really slow. Just constantly. Like yeah. Three days Actually, to get it. A- it's funny. Uh, uh, I used to drive a lot from California to Colorado. And it's, it's not that far, but it's, it's far. Um, but uh, the guy I was with at the time, we would eat like jelly beans and have like one every mile or like raisins, whatever. <laughs> it was so oh my- but I'm just thinking like ahead for you that maybe that'll. I can just stay awake. And- yeah. I'll be like, coffee. Oh, I have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But, yeah. anyways, I am looking forward to meeting you. Thank you so much. And everybody, check out um, Race Like a Girl. And I race like a girl. Uh, I race. Sorry. Okay. I race like a girl. Sorry. And girls get gritty. They're on the same website. I race, um, I, I race like a girl.com. And you can check out her membership. Yeah, so me. if you not part of something, then this is the opportunity to join i think i might even join because i think that's oh yeah being part of other communities out there that are loving things that i'm loving as well so thank you so much and thank you to our audience i hope you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to follow us on your uh favorite platforms and on our youtube channel this will be there i have to confirm with angela if she wants her video up (laughs) I did not know. I can always put some exciting thing. photos. I, I would have uh, looked a little nicer. <laughs> no, I could put some exciting photos up there for everybody. But, uh, anyways, thanks a lot, everybody, and have yourself an amazing day. And don't forget to ride your bike. Take thanks. care. <laughs> oh my God, everyone. Oh my God. I think I have a girl crush on Angela. She is so much fun and i love what she's doing um i think she's about 15 years younger than me however <laughs> and um but uh yeah i don't know i it's really cool to interview women who are doing such great things in sport and um creating environments and communities for women in sport to help support each other um uh, she's inspired me to look at a couple different avenues for myself up here in Canada and where we are um, and just building maybe another community that needs to be built around uh, women in sport. So anyways, I hope you guys really enjoyed that and go check her um, website and her membership. I, let me like a look race like a girl.com and all her information is there for her membership um for both um memberships and there's actually a combined price to join both so which is cool um so have an amazing day everyone 
enjoy the podcast, share it with somebody who loves gravel, who's a woman who's maybe hesitating and joining or, or getting a bike and doing some events. This is the best um, episode to send them. All right. Take care. Love you all. And don't forget to ride your bike. Everyone. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.